uh, sales is part of product development, or at least should be. Mm. Because well, obviously sales is the part where you get feedback. You get like, uh, I would say the most honest feedback comes from reaching out to people you don't know. Because then you know whether it is value proposition or the hypothesis that you can help the customers out with. The, the most uh, honest opinions come from those that are not close to you, but are really far from you. And uh, it's a double benefit if those are your most probable customers, because well, it's, it's, uh, it's the fastest way to understand better how they are thinking. This is the Scale with Sales podcast. Today, we're speaking to Passy from Prono about his tips for a successful sales process using a customer-driven approach rather than a product-focused one, and market validation, what it is and how you can benefit from it. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale with Sales podcast. Today, we have Pasi Laina from Prono here. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be here and thanks for the invite. Uh, we talked when we were at the Shift Business Festival last. We've been talking to him from already before that. And then when we talked, I realized that you had quite cool ideas on how to sell yeah, and work with Prono and get the customers involved. And uh, But so please tell me, what is Prono? And then take us to the story, how you started and and how you started getting your first clients. Yeah, thanks. So uh, the question we get a lot is, where does the name Prono come from so so the story story is pretty like it's actually it's pretty simple uh, we originally we figured that the internet is pretty much not working when it comes to business so we are pretty much all in in the internet but uh, for some reason or another when you need help it's it's actually quite hard to find the people who would be able to help you would be available would be interested in helping you. So we figured that, hey, let's try to solve this problem. And, you know, it's it's quite a lonely place to be an entrepreneur. And uh, to be honest, it's quite a hard word. So we just simply thought that, hey, can we make this more simple? Can we build uh, networks of people around entrepreneurs and make it simple as preneur? And it's the end of the word entrepreneur, and we are on that journey, and we've grown into a network and community of around 3,000 professionals and a couple of hundred companies at the moment. And, and the way we describe it at the moment is an advisory as a service platform. So we are making it as simple as possible for the companies to find the right advice when they need it and for the professionals to become advisors in in companies that are building a more sustainable future that is that is like the core that we try to focus on so we are on the same journey making things more simple and helping people find find and connect with others I want to get into like the really cool uh, sell stuff you did, but can you take us through the journey of starting to sell and market this company? What did you do that, uh, uh, I said in the previous podcast, what uh, mistakes have you made? And then she said, I like to say lessons learned. <laughs> so you can you can take it wherever way you want to. But let, I want to hear what, what worked and what didn't work in the beginning and how has it evolved into the strategy that you're using now? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, also... also 
easy to agree on the learnings or or the mistakes, whichever you want to call them. Because like everybody who's uh, worked in a startup or tried to build one, obviously also in other other companies, it's <clears throat> it's always a learning curve. And maybe the biggest biggest things that come to mind are we started out as a like a human to human platform so so selling uh this service was more like let's say marketing based so communications and marketing and trying to build up the the network of people and it's obviously more about telling your story and then just uh trying to uh say to people that hey uh, create your profile and and let's see how everything goes well obviously everything didn't go as as planned so uh then we figured out that okay it's uh we are hearing more and more that okay so what is it exactly and and so is it is it like linkedin and how is it different and so forth and we realized that okay let's uh let's figure this out we how about we add companies to the platform and it all started to make sense and as mentioned when we added the impact companies to the platform, so companies that are working on a mission and have something that uh, the advisors can relate to, it suddenly started to make sense that, okay, now I understand how it works. Why should I join? Why should I be active towards companies and so forth? Uh, so that's that's one learning. So, so uh, for the companies, it's been super easy to make them understand that hey you're not highlighting your mission you should highlight your mission here's a platform where you can do that and you can pull people to help you so that's at least one one thing that uh, i would say that is missing from many companies approach which is you know as, as we both know it's it's super easy to come up with this is what we do these are the services would you like to buy but they don't can it's nowadays when mm, there are so many alternatives we we are uh, i would say even subconscious subconsciously looking for companies that have something in common with us so you know like something uh, to hold on to uh, working with the companies on our platform uh, that has been a super super important thing and getting the companies to a platform getting them to understand the logic of the platform so as we are building the uh, network of people around them, helping them understand the everyday actions where uh, we would be helpful if they are on the platform and the services that they can use when they need them. That has been the key. And I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm not saying that we are completely uh, there 100% uh, even not today, but uh, it's a learning curve every day and every week as, as we are trying to find the, I would say, right go-to-market messaging. So the core doesn't change and the platform doesn't change. The services are pretty much the same, but helping the customers to understand the everyday uh, action points that they can get help through our platform and our service. That has been really, really, I would say, from, from obviously the early days to today, the thing that we try to work on. As you have, uh, you know, you said you started with the marketing and trying to do it like people should just find you. What type of, uh, you have changed somewhat, I know that. So what type of reach outs did you start doing and how were they designed? 
in the marketing phase, I would say that we focused really heavily on social media and trying to build the community. And uh, to some extent, I think we did quite okay. Uh, but then if we focus on the, I would say, sales side of things, uh, it has become more and more structured. So uh, that's maybe the highlight and, and the development we see in that area. So we've had quite good tools. We are a HubSpot user and uh, using the HubSpot licenses and getting the automation parts and utilizing that quite heavily. Uh, but we've added on top of that quite recently, but uh, the, the tools to do more proactive uh, outreach and prospecting also also on other channels than email as well. I would say that we have added not complexity, but layers on the way we do prospecting. And I think we did it too early as well. There's one learning. Uh, we didn't have the core customer nailed down, if you, if you get the point. So... So the ideal customer profile was yeah, not. What did you ready. do too early? I think we did um, too much, like poking around in the dark. Let's let's put it that way. So yeah. we didn't have the process, as mentioned. We didn't have the process as, as well set up as it uh, is now. Uh, I don't say it's it's ready or perfect, but mm. it's better. So we we have focused on trying to identify the customers and then really, I would say, rapidly be able to identify what are the needs that we can solve for this specific customer and uh, using that in the sequences and out outreaches that we do. So early on, we were too product-focused. We were too uh, us-focused, as I think many are. And the learning curve from that is that, that uh, well, it might work. Uh, to some extent, but we can clearly see a difference in in the results when when uh, having a more customer driven approach, which is like obvious, and you get it from any 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 uh, blogs or podcasts, for example. But somehow but, it doesn't well, feel it's natural. Still... It's like it feels we <laughs> want to build first. That's what it feels. I should build first and then sell. That's what it feels like, right? Yeah, it is. It is, and it's 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 been a learning curve actually. Also for me, even you know, though I've, I've done like sales for twenty odd years uh, in different size companies and, and so forth. But looking back to especially the early years, it was more or less all about our product, and it was more or less all about the new things that we have have in store for you and so forth. But now. Now, uh, uh, well, it might take that 20 years, but there are certain things that uh, can be utilized. And, and with the companies that we are working the most closely with on the platform, we are trying to help them identify uh, what are the key things that their ideal customer profiles and, and target group is thinking about. And actually, uh, what we are using ourselves and also teaching and at some cases doing with our customers is a thing we call market validation, which I would say it's, it's pretty much sales, but the approach is completely different. So we are not, uh, let's take an example. You don't have a service ready. You don't have a product that you can sell. 
But if you think about reaching your supposed ideal customers, the message at that moment, you don't have the uh, product that you could say that, hey, I have this product and it might interest you. But you have something, you have your vision already. You have uh, a hypothesis of the problem that the customer should be facing and you can start validating. Is that actually a problem for those customers? Is the benefit that you think uh, that you would be able to provide, is that something that they find valuable? Are they already solving that problem or, or uh, enjoying those benefits with some other solution? So when you think about it from a marketing validation point of view, it actually starts making a lot more sense. To start early, as mentioned, we did too much uh, outreaches um, like blindfolded. But now when we have a structure, we have the benefit problem uh, market validation structure. It all, all of a sudden makes a lot more sense. Well, is it? I mean, I'm. I have previously been kind of, uh, you know, I'm quite for reaching out in the dark, you know, because then I think you might find something. But I'm wondering now if I understand correctly, would it be smarter that you would have more like an interview perspective when talking with people to to fig- figure out some more. Like, where does this make sense? Are the other products that solve this problem? Or or how have the customer tried to solve this problem uh, in the past to try to figure out where you fit a little bit better before you did the sales so actively? Do I get that right? Yeah, exactly. But because um, oftentimes uh, it, the logic makes more sense when you don't think about it as sales, but rather you think about it as product development, which it actually is. Uh, in a sense, especially when we're talk, talking about startups, uh, sales is part of product development, or at least should be. Mm. Because well, obviously sales is the part where you get the feedback. You get, like, uh, I would say the most honest feedback comes from reaching out to people you don't know. Because then you know whether it is value proposition or the hypothesis that you can help the customers out with. That the most uh, honest opinions come from those that are not close to you, but are really far from you. And uh, it's a double benefit if those are your most probable customers, because well, it's it's uh, it's the fastest way to understand better how they are thinking. And and when you take the approach, I like the saying. I don't recall that who who I read it from or heard it from, but. Uh, many, oftentimes, like sales is something that people are not really that eager to do, uh, whether it is business or personal lives and so forth. But when you turn the thinking into, like, let's say, cold calls, it's the most uh, like uh, concrete example, I think, for most listeners. Uh, you don't really want to do those, but if you think about it so that if you really think that there is a certain customer or certain type of customer that would really benefit from your service or something that you're building. It is actually uh, your duty to reach them, to call them, to email them, to like do the uh, however many steps it takes to reach them. Because, well, obviously, if you are able to make their lives better, you're doing a service for them. So it's not selling. It's helping. And that's something that has helped uh, me and hopefully and uh, supposedly a couple of our customers at least. 
to think about it in a different way. Because, well, if you're not able to help them, if they're not ready to work with you or, or receive the uh, helping hand, so to speak, well, obviously, well, you can't do anything about it, but it doesn't make you any, any worse. So when you think about it that, hey, I think I might be able to help you with this problem. Is this a problem that you have? Uh, could we maybe talk about this problem a little bit more? Uh, we think we can help you achieve this thing. Is this something valuable for you? So I wasn't selling, I think. It might help no, I mean, that's, that's uh, a couple of listeners. And then you find a... You can find common ground. I really, we talked about it in a previous, uh, just before we, this, we had another recording and uh, we talked about the same thing. And I, I completely agree. And I think that if you can get, I like sales when it's like a, a mutual agreement. You should be like, do I understand correctly that this is the problem that you're having? Okay. And have you tried solving it somehow? Okay. You tried it like this. Are you happy with the solution? Okay. You're not. Well, if you're not happy with that, like, what about this alternative? Would that be something you could try? Because that, in my opinion, from my experience, that has solved the problem in the past with our previous clients. And then I say, you know, why not? Let's try it. All right, there you go. You know, <laughs> that's that's how I will prefer sales. That's that's how sales should be. If you're pushing more than that, it's like they're not ready. I don't know. Something else is wrong. You shouldn't have to push that much in order to get the sales to work. Yeah, yeah, you, you're completely right. And, and in a sense, I think... The product or the service you're providing, I think it's the cane uh, that you're leaning into because you're not mm. like really sure. It's super easy to tell about your product and most, most likely you're super excited about your product. Or if you're not, maybe you might not be in the right place, but it's, it's super hard not to lean on that and talk about that and focus 100% on the customer and their problems and, and what they are trying to achieve and so forth. So, so uh, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's I better. Lo- I love that angle. Like it's a crutch. Yeah. You, 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 it's like you're, you're leaning on this crutch. And if you, if you're, if you're ready to like to walk on your own, or it's like when you learn to walk and you hold like your parents' hands to walk, and it's like now, but like that's, that means talking about the product. That's when you're not walking yourself. And uh, when you really want to walk and be a, had a, you know, the boss pants on and do, do what you're supposed to do, you talk about the client instead and don't talk too much about your product. You have to tell if the customer wants to know something, you tell them, but it's about how to, how to make the life better of the client. And yeah, and I think with that perspective, sales, I know we, we, sales always has a bad rep, but that's what it should be. We're trying to help people. And if we don't help them, like we're the bad guy. <laughs> if, if we don't try to help them, we don't tell that this exists. Like, who are we to, like, like that's worse. Like a sales, a company that doesn't try to help the world by explaining what they have. have you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, Posse, uh, do you have some, if you look back uh, at yourself now a couple of years back, you already gave some tips. I'm, I'm curious, do you have anything else that you, if you would teleport yourself back a couple of years and give yourself advice, is there anything else that you would also say that, you know, Posse, you should have, you should do this. Like this thing you're thinking, it's not going to work the way you think. Is there any other, because you already done, done some, but I'm thinking, do you have any other ones that you think? Yeah, it's obviously mm-hmm. now, now have to be, has to be mentioned that it's a lot about the size of the company you have, size of the, especially the target group you're having. So, so for example, in my ex- previous experience at, let's say, Tieto, we had uh, in our mm-hmm. uh, unit, we had, uh, we were selling uh, really like top-notch uh, market-leading 
marketing automation software, which was pretty much not that cheap. So it was super expensive compared to any relatively good alternative in the market. So that narrowed down our target audience to really uh, not that many companies when my area was Finland. So, so uh, when you have a really narrow target group, it's completely different than from, let's say, our early days when anybody could become an advisor or, or professional on our platform. So, so that needs to be mentioned. But quite often from a company point of view, and when we look at the sales funnel and the strategy, how you do sales, I think uh, one thing that is changing quite rapidly now in the past couple of years is the early part of the sales process, which is like you have a couple of alternatives to do that. You can hire a sales development rep for your company to work internally for you doing the outreach is one we're talking about. Maybe quite often like B2B software and, and these higher ticket items. Then another alternative is to hire a booking agency because it doesn't make sense to use the expensive time of the uh, sales manager or the account manager. Well, quite often it does come with a hefty paycheck. Uh, it doesn't make sense to use their time in prospecting. So uh, obviously, if, if you have marketing resources, and maybe not diving deeper into those processes, everybody knows them and inbound and all those, and everybody's using the, their resources. Those. But if we look at the sales process and the first step, how do you prospect? How do you use the sphere? Uh, I like the analogy, uh, analogy of sphere, uh, fishing with the sphere, uh, compared to fishing with the net. So now we're talking, talking about the limited number of target uh, accounts that we want to reach, prospecting who, the, who those are, who are the contact people, and so forth. This is the area where I see the most development in automation, uh, new tools, and new ways to look at it. It's becoming more and more relevant to use automation also for the first part of the sales process, instead of uh, like hiring somebody to do that for you uh, or uh, hiring a booking agency or just doing it manually, which as we all know, takes quite a lot of time. That uh, leads us into the question of tools. Are you using any tools for this? Yeah, yeah, we are using uh, software called Saplify. Uh, we are pretty much well early early phases on using that, but having quite good good results with it. Uh, the thing uh, that we can get with that, we also used a couple of other tools. First of all, like and most importantly, trying to find potential prospects and also contact details. So uh, that's an area. There are many that are more in depth uh, experts on the area. But I know some about that, and I think that will be in the future and is already today quite an important area. But what I like about Saplify is that it helps you not push your message to hundreds or thousands of people, but rather be more in-person, impersonal, build campaigns that... Uh, Start from the angle of helping, as we mentioned, and starts from the angle or enables the approach that you start scanning the market 
by yourself using the automation tools uh, in the process of, first of all, finding the leads, and uh, second of all, uh, sending campaigns, uh, like sequenced campaigns that have multiple outreaches in multiple channels. So the way I look at it is that it helps me multiply myself in a sense, because I want to be the person uh, and I want to be the, uh, the contact all the way through the sales channel. And previously, it has, it has not really been that easy. That's uh, intriguing. Yeah, you would have had an SDR, like the traditional way would be that you had an SDR, like another person, like a junior salesperson who reaches out to all kinds of people say, hey, do you want to buy my product? Hey, do you want to buy my product? And then there's someone says, yeah, I might want to buy. Okay, then you should talk with my account executive. Uh, goodbye, says the, says the salesperson, and then goes to the account, account executive who is also a salesperson, but like a higher paid one who then takes care of it. And the SDR, the sales development representative, keeps going, asking people if they want to buy. And that's the basic method. And I, I agree with you here as well. I'm also starting to use Zapplify really soon. I'm, you might be the one who recommended it. Uh, and it's an amazing tool. Uh, I Because now I don't have to delegate this initial uh, finding of the clients as much. I can do it myself. And it's still automated quite a lot. But but oh, they had, uh, for those of you listening, like, I mean, Pasi knows this, but they have a really cool function that, let's say I want to send connection requests on LinkedIn. There are automation tools for this, but usually it's like, SEM is very much automated. So you have to say, hey, first name, uh, you know, something, something. It, so it's a little bit hard to automate it in a way that is personal. This way they have a, a plug-in to your browser. So you click, uh, you have a list of say 10 people, or let's, say, let's say for the sake of argument, 100 people you want to connect with on LinkedIn. You find it, you do the list searching in their tool and then you pick the ones you want to connect with. Now you can, they have a, a, a widget on your, on your browser. So you click like next prospect, you show the person's page, you can scroll through, see what they're up to. Now you can write a personalized comment. You click send, like it sends automatically the request and then you go to the next one. So instead of you clicking through like 500 times, you have to click like two times. So you do it manually, but it automates everything else. So it's really fast. And they also have the fully automated version. But so I really like that they allow it. If I want to do a very personal touch, I can do it, but it's automated to the point that they can't automate anymore. So I thought, I think that tool is, yeah, it's on the rise and it's really good. And I'm, I'm looking forward to to do using it more, but yeah, but yeah, Basi, but we're, so we're both we're both Zapplify, uh, <laughs> pro Zapplify at the moment. Yeah, here. yeah, it is, it is, uh, it, it's 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 promising. It has to be said. So, uh, Basi, is there anything else you would like to share? It could be anything about business that you think people might be interested in hearing hearing about from you. I think the overall thinking about uh, sales as a way to help customers. I think uh, overall. With my my experience for for the past decades, I think it it has changed quite a lot. And with different networking tools, people are more eager to connect with each other and hear about things. But then again, at the same time, we are becoming more and more busy. Uh, email uh, open rates are quite actually rapidly dropping. So. So that is something mm -hmm. that at least I will be keeping an eye on, and uh, which actually is, is one reason that we we are testing out Zapplify because, um, as mentioned previously, we have a, a unique and not not unique but genuine will 
to help, especially the companies that are building a more sustainable future. So, so we see it as our duty. And I think every company should see it as their duty to find the tools that work in reaching the customers in in a smart way and in a way that the customers are are, uh, reaching the right message. But obviously, uh, tools are tools. It's like, uh, you know, shotgun. You can use it for good things and and then uh, not so good things. I'm mostly thinking of shooting things, but all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you can yeah, use it for hunting like, birds, and you can use it to hunt people. Exactly, and one of these is is quite okay for many, and and uh, the other one is not so okay for not that many. Hopefully, at least. So, so it's the same with with uh, sales tools, marketing tools, whatever you want to call it, because you you have to have the right attitude and me- mentality. For example, to use Zaplify because it's it's. Uh, if it's not used correctly, it leads into into a lot of negative thoughts from from the customers, and you really want to avoid that. Uh, so, so I think it sounds obvi- like obvious, but when we combine the things that we thought uh, talked about, uh, is it is the approach you're having? Is it you focused or the customer focused? Is it really the helping mentality and and how are you using the tools you're using? So it's 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 not about uh, being able to afford the tools nowadays. All the tools, whether it is HubSpot or or uh, some other sales automation, marketing automation tools, are becoming ridiculously cheap. So it's becoming more and more about how you can build the process on those. And, and luckily, there's a lot of lot of good agencies, and uh, Rasmus is really eager to help you and and we are really eager to help you uh if, if you're struggling with that but it's not about the tools it's about utilizing the tools uh when when you feel relevant but you can obviously in some cases go fine without any tools so i have to point that out as well but but for startups i think, yeah, I think i've yeah. heard a couple of cases you need the tools mostly, but what worries me as well is is that what if the tools that we're using that they're becoming cheaper and more pre- prevalent? For example, in the emailing tools which I've been using as well, uh, you know there will be. I'm still saying, especially in Finland, it works really well. Abroad, it also works, but now it's like it's getting saturated, so it, like the, it will stop working eventually or not working as well. So we have to keep like moving. Where, where what is the way to to get our message across? Is to filter through all this noise that is being created through all this now this more and more uh, sophisticated automation tools that that is out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a super intriguing uh, area. Like uh, thing is, if 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 you think about it, the thing is that we all know that there are like I don't know tens of thousands, maybe hundred thousand different uh, marketing automation, sales automation software, and and using AI and using all the all the possible tools. How many are there for making buying easier? So everything we are automating is sales and marketing and, and we are pushing out more emails. We are pushing out now different uh, connection requests and all that. I'm definitely the first one to say that this is not a good development. So uh, as, as you mentioned, it will stop working. And the faster you 
like find alternative ways to reach the customers and and obviously use all that you have in your resources it's it's beneficial but yeah it's it's a topic i could talk, talk for hours that why are we not building anything for making buying easier and, and for example separating the automated approaches from real people because you know you get a lot of messages from automation tools uh, from both of us as well yeah. but there is a real person yeah. behind the two, uh, messages that we are sending so so that's one mm. example and and it's an interesting idea if you think about it that explaining your kids that how how does sales work well it's that uh, these bots send messages to these uh from the salespeople to the customers and then in the in the other end there are bots that try to figure out which uh, messages are relevant and then they let those through which is that that is actually what's happening right now because google is deciding and the bots at google they are deciding that which messages go through yeah, but it's like the beginning of a war. It's like, you know, first it started with the bots on the computer, but eventually they were actually robots on the field. And they were the, they were sales bots versus the, the, the buying bots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's where and, Terminator and, started. Uh, exactly. And we will see him again. He will be back. So yeah. so that's, exactly. <laughs> that's when you think about it. It's uh, what we are talking about here is a person trying to connect with a person. And... For mm. somehow we have been able to create like thousands and tens and thousands of software and uh, complicated things that we, we uh, platforms and all those. So, so at the end of the day, I hope, hope we will be able to, from our parts, like solve some of these problems. Uh, but uh, I hope somebody takes this. If you're listening and have uh, ideas on how, how to <laughs> make reaching other people easier, it would be a relatively good thing to work on, I would say. So, or, well, or then you will be like, uh, you should get quite acquainted with uh, different types of bots. Because maybe, maybe that is the way we want our custom experience to become. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> For all of you, I would love to see the bot wars uh, escalate a little bit and see on the, on the buyer side and see what we can do about it. Uh, so I, I like that uh, note. So Pasi, uh, why should one person join uh, Prana? Well, who is Prana for and to be an advisor or a company? And I think that will be the, the last point here. So what and how how should I use Prana if I want to? Yeah, uh, as, a, as a professional, if you have the will to make the future more sustainable, we have a lot of companies and you can become an advisor by setting up your profile completely for free. You can find all the companies on the platform, uh, add yourself to the talent pool and, and acknowledge that you're looking to help them. As a company, we can connect you to the, all, the, all the advisors on the platform. We can organize advisory workshops for you, for you and, and we have a lot, a lot of tools that help you find the right advice when you need it. So if you're struggling with your growth, if you're struggling with your strategy, thinking about uh, building something on the side of your current portfolio. If you really don't know what I should do exactly, that is something that we can help you out with. And we have uh, thousands of excellent advisors like Rasmus, for example, who can help you out with your 
growth sales or marketing or product development. Yeah, that's a good one, Pasi. Thank you. And yeah, I'm on there too, so you can you can find me there. But I also find that if you um like yeah, if you try how to ask somebody, hey, do you know somebody who's good at this stuff? That's good that you ask your friends. But we have now a tool with thousands of experts that you can just check and they're vetted by Pasi and they have they have references and stuff. So it's just so much faster and more efficient to use a tool like this to get who you want to go to. Instead of getting whoever's nearby, get whoever's good. Uh, I will say that's and, and the pricing is like, you know, your friend of a friend might help you for a couple of minutes for free. Uh, and uh, you, we don't have to go into the pricing now, but like it's not the, the price here is not uh, it's not what's going to hinder you. It's going to hinder you that you get bad advice from somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing, but they happen to be close by. So rather take somebody who knows what they're doing and use buses services. That's what I <laughs> that's what I have to say on that. Yeah. Save your time, especially. Yeah, yeah, same time. If you and if you want to change something in the world, if you have an impact startup here, like it's the same as when we talked about selling. If you're not making your your impact startup move where they should go, nobody's getting helped. So, like you know, and there's probably a solution to waiting to be found just that you work with the right people. I think. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, then, thank you very much, Basi uh, Liner, for coming from Prona, and uh, let's stay in touch. Let's do that. And thanks for the invite. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Scale with Sales podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear your thoughts. So find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Rasmus Basilea and you'll find me there. I'll make it a point to respond to all messages I get. If startup sales and international expansion interests you more, you can find more insights and resources at euroscalers.com. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>